You're a smart man, Tim. No one's ever said that. <laughs> you weren't. Listen, uh, I'm going to need you guys to sit your tight ends down. <laughs> Drew Brees rushed for negative four yards last year. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that? I don't know how you do that. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, however you're joining us, whenever you're joining us. Welcome to another edition of Fantasy Impact Today. I am Wes, and I am your host tonight. We are looking today at your NFC South, is what we're doing. We're looking at Davids and Goliaths, that's what we call our booms and our busts, at the position of quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight ends. We left the offensive linemen out of it tonight. Is that okay, guys? Is it okay if we don't do our offensive line breakdowns? Fine with me. I guess that's all right. Have you all heard about the baseball chatter going on? It is it is like 10 days until the MLB throws out its first pitch, right? Am I right on that? Uh, you are. That's what we're hearing, at least. Now, You're does everybody right. start out then? It says, I think it's just the Yankees and the Nationals on, and then the Giants and the Dodgers, right? Yeah, That's there's two games on the first night. Right. And then after that, it's open season. Yep. And there's been a lot of news, a lot of different players doing a lot. Robinson Cano for the Mets. He's been absent from summer camp. So we're going to have all these different people missing different times for whatever reasons. Maybe they have COVID fears. Maybe Miguel Sano, he has not been cleared to join the team's summer camp workouts. And Max Muncy, though, Tim, your guy. Uh, Dave Roberts said Sunday that he expects Max Muncy will be ready for opening day. So he'll be in there on opening day. And to hear. Didn't Yasiel Puig, he signed with the Braves, didn't he? He's a Brave now. That's a good pickup for them, a little COVID insurance. Hey, I don't I don't remember ever talking about this on one of the shows, but did y'all know did y'all know that Buster Posey was opting out? I did see that. I think he's adopting a child, right? If I read that right. And so instead of being away all season, he's decided to stay at home, which I'd say is one of the better excuses to stay home. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, you're right. He was him and his family are adopting. Uh, they recently adopted twin girls who were born prematurely, so that's why he's opting out. I, that's understandable. And Wes, I see you put two of my fantasy players in your news section, Sano and Muncie. So I thought I'd go ahead and tell you about the news about your fantasy player, Jordan Hicks, for the Cardinals. Looks like he will not be playing this season. Much to your dismay of drafting only pitchers. Well, I actually picked him up off the waiver wire and I put him on my injured list as a very smooth maneuver, actually, because nobody else had thought of that. It was the first move in our league. And, and just to break your heart, Tyler, of trying to burst my bubble, as we sit here and speak right now, I have now cut Jordan Hicks from my <laughs> team. Okay, so now you cannot refer that to me any longer and i tried to do it earlier today but i didn't find anybody to play. I, I, I got frustrated and when before the show you you had to break that news to me and uh i shut the camera off and gave you the double cardinal <laughs> now you're not letting yourself get too excited about this baseball season right you've said all along you're not going to get too excited just because they're going to cancel on you the only reason why i'm excited is to defend my crown uh, that's <laughs> And my, I want my strategy, I want you guys to see my strategy unfold bet- before your eyes of drafting basically all, all starting pitchers before I've drafted Joey Gallo in like round 10 <laughs> or something. 
This is going to be a train wreck. Now, we need to, to go ahead and declare this. Are you going to say you win if you're in first place and the season goes two weeks and gets cut? Yes. Oh, of course. I knew it. I knew well, it. that would be, Tim, would you not agree that that would be a victory then? Would I not defend my crown if the season ends after two weeks and I am in first place? No, that's... You oh, have to on. you have to win a you have to win the playoffs. There is no playoffs. I won exactly. the playoffs. The last playoffs we had, I won. I won. I demolished <laughs> all the competition. You have to defend your crown. There has to be and we have to go to a fantasy playoffs. If there's no fantasy playoffs, then you defend your crown next year. I don't have to defend anything. You guys have to try and come and take it. And if you can't take it by beating me in the playoffs, that means I am still the champion. That's what that means. Well, there won't be anything to take if we don't have any fantasy playoffs. So Too bad, Bobby. If you're, saying, if you're saying the season ends in two weeks and there's no fantasy playoffs, then you didn't win anything. Well, then neither did you. All right, so then exactly. it, defers, it defers back to me, and I am still then the champion. Hey, you can get in touch with all of us here on Fantasy Impact today. Uh, we'll all This is all a show league. We're talking about the show league for us. And the people in that show league are, are, of course, Mark. He's at Crimson Apache. You can follow him there. He's not with us tonight. He would be. If he was here tonight, he'd be telling you and reminding you that I have to make sure to encourage you, our listeners, to please go and leave a review and a comment, either on the Podbean app or on the iTunes app, so we can get to know you know you are listening to us and letting us know things that Mark can do differently. That's what he always says, right? No, no, let us know things Mark can do differently, how he can change things. That's my, that was my Mark impression. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Spot on. When he hears it later, he'll be so confused as to why he was on this podcast. <laughs> he would also want me to remind you that you can send us an email at fantasyimpacttoday at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at FI Today. With a little underscore, and you can follow Bobby on Twitter, who's not with us tonight. He's he's uh, but he's he's going to start dipping into the card collecting hustle. That's what I'm going to call this: the card collecting hustle. I don't. You ever collect baseball cards? Do you still have baseball cards, Tyler? You look like a baseball card collector. I'm sorry, I have not collected baseball cards before. I had a bunch of baseball, basketball, and I had a bunch of them. And you know, we went through that house fire at some point, uh, 10, 13 years ago, however long it's been. And I lost all those baseball cards. I had a bunch of them from my childhood. They they kind of followed me around from place to place. But anyway, uh, you can follow him at Foster Fantasy. Tim, who is our entertainment specialist on the show, I heard, Tim, that you're going to try and dip into that entertainment part if they ever open up the movies again, right? Yes. Uh, supposed to be, at least here in our area, they are opening the AMC theaters this week. So not any new movies out right now and not till near the end of the month but yeah looking forward to getting back to the theater hopefully um but yeah you're talking about our, our twitter uh, actually just you know mark's been giving me a hard time about my uh twitter handle so yeah and i have it written down here so you're at, at tim z 202 <laughs> yeah i made it a little harder for him with added added some extra numbers <laughs> no, uh, uh, my new Twitter handle is at Z-Man Knows Best. Z-Man Knows Best, okay. i got to put all these things on our Fit page or our Fit handle there so we can all be able to be followed pretty easily. And Tyler, uh, you've logged into Twitter twice since we've started the show. <laughs> and what what is your Twitter handle? T.A. Cambro. Now, I, I, you're a T.A. Cambro. There's some guy out there that sounds really like that, and I keep sending him show notes. I keep sending him tweets, 
So if there's ever a, <laughs> a Tyler, uh, if there's ever a T.Y. Cambro or something out there that I always tweet at, is I'd just like to say a formal hello to you at this point. <laughs> Who knows? We may have gained a follower just because of how many times you've accidentally <laughs> tagged him. Is that? See, you know all. I don't even know that. That was so smooth out of your mouth. You said I accidentally tagged him. I don't even know that that's what that's called. And and you can just. But you've only logged on twice. I mean, I'm I out there. I think that's what it's called, right? Tagging somebody. Adding somebody? Is that a thing? Is that a word? Are you allowed to say that? Is adding a word? I don't know. But all I know is that the the NFC South quarterbacks are it. They've been tagged. So they're it. And uh, Tim and Tyler, I don't know who wants to talk now first about these NFC South quarterbacks. But, man, there are some good ones in this division. And I don't know who's going to finish first. I'll look at the poll. I sent out a poll earlier tonight. And I'll look at the poll while one of you starts me off. And tells me, did you see a David or a Goliath or, or, that you feel strong about in this division? I mean, you've got two future first ballot Hall of Famers in this division between Breeze and Brady. So one of them's got to be a Goliath in, in my book. And I think this season, I just, I don't see Brady going into a new system after playing in the same, pretty much the same, playing for the same coach for however, how many years he's been in the league, and then going to a new team, new offense, new system and everything, adjusting to all these new players, all these new receivers. I don't see the first year him just like knocking out of the park, especially with his age. I think he'll have a fine season. I don't think he's going to have this, a blowout season. Some are expecting. I, I would say Tom Brady would be a Goliath. I think the only quarterback I actually want to highlight here, which is kind of funny, you almost think of him as like a handcuff at the quarterback position because, you know, Drew Brees isn't getting any younger. Jameis Winston, after also throwing 30 interceptions last year, did throw 30 touchdowns and was a monster through the air. So if Drew Brees has some reason that he has to go down again this season, spend any time on the bench, that gives Jameis Winston a chance to run the offense that's very quarterback friendly with some great weapons. and. I know that this is James Winston just trying to prove it for the next season, and maybe that's what he does. Maybe he comes out and just lights it up. So if you ever find a chance where James Winston is running the offense in New Orleans, it might be worth an ad. Now, the rest of these guys are just guys that I think you pick up at the end of the rounds, and they'll keep your team afloat. But that's what I, that's what I think. James Winston could have a surprise fantasy impact this year. Well, Tyler, I'm going to say that uh, definitely the listeners agree to you, or at least the voters agree to, with you uh, to some degree, that the New Orleans Saints are going to have a good year. They voted that Drew Brees, 71% of the votes came in, is going to be the number one quarterback in the NFC South this season. Now, I, on the other hand, uh, you said Jameis Winston, if he had a chance to play, would be really good uh, with the Saints. And I think exactly the opposite. I think if Jameis Winston comes in and he has a chance to play, that it's going to be a disaster. I don't think this offense is built for him. The offense is a dink and doink offense. I'm going to say dink and doink a lot. <laughs> Basically, when I was typing, I was like, well, I like those I like those words. And and that's not what he's ever done well. You know, he, he's never been a just sit back in the pocket and start picking things off real quick decisions. He's usually a, a grip it and rip it kind of a guy. And I just don't think that this offense is – I don't think he's built for this offense. I just don't think that would be a good match. One of my Goliaths, though, this year is Matt Ryan. I like a lot of things about Matt Ryan, but one thing I did notice 
is that Matt Ryan is 35, Julio is 31. So that window is closing. It's getting a little bit smaller. But one thing that's not getting smaller is Matt Ryan's volume. And that's basically due to a, a, a poor running game, a poor defense. The last year, Matt Ryan was third in attempts, first in completions, fifth in passing yards. Another good thing, not only his volume, but his ability. He was seventh in completion percentage. He was on target 75% of the time, which was second best in the NFL. He, so he has the volume. He has the ability. And guys, you and I both know he has the horses. Last year, he had Julio, Ridley, and Hooper. And they made a great trio. And I don't think it really changed that much in the offseason. But it did a little bit. The, the bad things I didn't like about Matt Ryan when I was looking at his numbers, all the good results didn't, didn't lead to a lot of touchdowns. I don't know how that changes, but Julio has never been a touchdown machine. And the reliability and familiarity of Hooper is gone. So, you know, you got Hayden Hurst back there now. The lack of touchdowns put him 11th in the quarterback position, even though he was first and third and, and all that stuff and all those area, all those things. He was, he was right at the top of the list, but 11th is where he finished. Right now, he's going eighth off the board. His strength of schedule is 30th in the regular season for quarterbacks, 24th in the playoffs. And personally, I don't think it's going to matter come playoff time because if you own Matt Ryan before then, if you draft him, you'll be trying to trade him before the playoffs. Or he might not even make it through the whole season healthy. He was first in the league in sacks. He was hit 62 times. He was sixth worst in the NFL with 14 interceptions last year. Plus, he had nine fumbles. He lost one of those major receiving threats in Austin Hooper. The running game isn't going to get worse because Freeman's gone. But Freeman was targeted 70 times last year. Gurley was only targeted 50 times with the Rams last season. They just didn't use him as a receiver. It may have been because of injury precautions or because he had seven drops. I don't know, which was 14.3% of the time when they threw him the ball. This is not the Los Angeles Rams offense either that catered to the screen pass and the cutback game. This isn't that. I think little Edo Smith is going to be a great player to stash for the Atlanta Falcons because Matt Ryan's going to start checking down to him because they, he, he doesn't have a safety net in Hooper. He's got those. He's got Julio. He still has Ridley. He doesn't have Freeman to check it down to. So I think Ito Smith is going to be a really good pickup late in the late late in drafts if you want to pick a little Gio Bernard action if you're you're into that sort of thing. But Matt Ryan to me is just going a little bit too high for my price. I don't want him as a quarterback with all the things I saw that could go wrong for. I actually uh, I agree with that. I've never been a huge Matt Ryan fan. I think he had that great rookie season, and ever since then, I feel like he's been trying to live up to that, and he hasn't lived up to the hype of what he was projected to be. He's getting up there in age as well. His uh, best receiver getting up there in age, and just wearing—you can tell Julio's just wearing down. I—I I, I agree with you. Well, you're a smart man, Tim. No one's ever said that <laughs> you weren't. You guys see any Davids whenever you were looking at this division? I think if you're gonna have. To choose, I, I guess Teddy would be your David. Yes, why why couldn't he go out there and do something? He's totally the only one not being really highly drafted because this is. A, I mean, you think about Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. All those guys are just fantastic when it comes to being a quarterback in this league. 
And uh, they definitely can't. I don't think any of them are going to exceed their expectations. But, fellas, Drew Brees was on a, a great pace last season if he would have been able to play all those games. He was, he was still, he only played 11 games last year. And he was still seventh in the NFL in touchdown passes with 27. If he plays all season, he's he's getting right up there with uh, Jameis Winston with you know around a 33 mark or, or maybe even higher. Uh, he might have been competition for Lamar Jackson for the number one spot for touchdowns. One of the interesting things about Teddy Bridgewater is that a large portion of his passes last season when he came in and took over for Drew Brees, and this may be part of the system that you were talking about, Wes, they were short yardage passes, a dink and doink, but... You know who's got a pretty good short yardage passing threat? Carolina. So with Christian McCaffrey back there, that's an easy escape valve for him to dump it off to. So he's got some deeper threat. They added Robbie Anderson this year, and so that helps with DJ Moore. I don't know about the health of Curtis Samuel right now. I haven't looked into that lately. But he could go in there and really thrive because they have guys who, if he ends up playing more of that short yardage game again, could really help him out. So. Yeah, I, I, that's who I got is my David, is, is Teddy Bridgewater. That receiving core, I mean, it's not – there are no slouches. In there. I mean, they're young, Robbie Anderson being the oldest at 27, but DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, young guys, you know, they've got speed. So I, they, they could be an exciting little receiving trio there. The good thing I liked about Teddy Bridgewater last season, a 68% completion percentage. So you're right, Tyler. He is a dinker and a doinker, and that might have been the offense that was there. But that's also what Teddy Bridgewater was just really comfortable in. He, he's excellent with quick decisions. Only had 12 sacks in the games that he played. He only started five games. He played in a couple more games than that, but only 12 sacks. A projected 16-game pace, he would have had 45 throwaways. You know, just where he threw the ball away because the play didn't develop or he didn't want to take a chance on something. That's right in those Brady and Rodgers territories. And they always fight to play another round, you know. They always they'll throw it they'll throw it away so they can throw it again. And Teddy Bridgewater did that very thing. Only two interceptions in those limited amount of starts. But still that's great for any quarterback. He was on target with 81% of his passes. That would have been in one of the league's best. The bad thing, he's on a new team. A first-year coach that has never called plays before, I believe, uh, never never even been a head coach before in this shortened season, the COVID, just a lot of things going on and uh, just a lot of new stuff. New teammates, shortened season, but he's still going to be my David because his draft position is the 27th quarterback off the board. Tua is probably going to go above him, right? People are, people are going to draft Tua before him. Probably. Uh, all signs point uh, to a ball control, short passing game, and it could be another huge year for Christian McCaffrey, especially with no Greg Olson. Ian Thomas doesn't look that impressive. DJ Moore looks like he's that possession receiver, too. Uh, it, DJ Moore, well, we'll talk about wide receivers in the next show, but DJ Moore it looks like a, a guy to own for this season as well. He does. Well, guys, we all know that every quarterback – Needs a good tight end. That, that's where you think about what I said for just a moment there. Tyler, you said you had a tight end or two that you wanted to talk about uh, like you did in your high school days. So if you just want to go ahead and talk about those tight ends, I, yeah, feel I free. Do, yeah, I do love a good tight end, you know, and especially this year in this league. Someone I'm really excited about at tight end 
filling in for Austin Hooper is Hayden Hurst. Now, this is a guy who was a first-round draft pick in 2018, I believe. So he's a guy that everyone expected to come in and dominate in this league. Be a solid tight end, starting tight end. And then when Lamar Jackson showed up, his favorite target was Mark Andrews. And so it really just pushed Hayden Hurst right out of the out of the picture. He didn't have a role in the Ravens offense hardly anymore. But he was one of the most efficient guys with, one of those, with a very low drop percentage when he was out on the field. He had, last year, I think it's zero drops, right? I mean, he only had the ball thrown to him 39 times. He made 30 catches. 39 times it was thrown to him and zero drops. So he was a pretty efficient tight end. And when it seems like when he got his opportunity, he was showing flashes of what he could be. And now you're going to go tell him to fill in in the role for Austin Hooper, where they threw the ball to him a ton. Matt Ryan loves his tight ends. There's another joke. But I think this is a guy who's going really late in the rounds, first of all. This is why he's such a steal. This is why I would call him the ultimate David, in my opinion. Because you can pick him up. I actually was able to draft him with the last pick in my most recent draft. I could have gotten him off the waivers the next day if I wanted to. He's a guy who you can save, and you can fill out all the rest of your positions. You can grab depth at every other position. And then grab the guy who's filling in for the seventh best tight end from last season. And then he has a chance, as someone with the pedigree of a good tight end, and Matt Ryan's already talked highly of him, he could be a top five tight end this year. And that's not even that big of a stretch. And that's so that's someone you can really, almost like a Darren Waller this year, bring in, have incredible production out of nowhere, and make a big splash in your league. The light round pick. You know, you pulled out your Jordan Hicks information for me earlier tonight. So let me just throw a little Hayden Hurst water dousing your Hayden Hurst flames. <laughs> he definitely has big play potential. You look at everything that he did last season. He's got some great yards per target and yards per reception. A great catch percentage, Tyler. I saw that too, and I really like that as well. Finished 34th at his position but yet only had 39 targets. That, that speaks a lot, and I think it was because he caught the ball a lot. So he can become one of Matt Ryan's favorite targets. A quarterback always loves anybody who catches the ball whenever they throw it to him. And I would say that Matt Ryan, probably, I needed to go back and look at this. I, I think I failed to do so, is probably a little more accurate of a quarterback than Lamar Jackson was. So I think that you know the, the he'll, he'll probably put it in a place that could be caught a little <laughs> bit better. But when Hayden Hurst was on the field also, though, he was a backup tight end. So he might have got lost in the play a little bit. So maybe he was a little more wide open as well. So we're going to see how that transitions over to being the number one tight end on a team. And I think that that's a, that's a big change. That's a big change for somebody. And only four starts last season. Not only is it a big change to become the starter of a team, but did you see his strength of schedule? I did not. His strength of schedule is 32nd among tight ends uh, in the NFL and during the regular season. And let me see. I'm trying to think of how many teams there are in the NFL. <laughs> so he ranks dead last. All right. <laughs> if, uh, so as far as his schedule goes, that could change a little bit. But that, there's some big, uh, big hurdles to jump over for him to be able to be a reliable person in that system, especially on a shortened maybe preseason and so forth. But I, I agree, he's going at a, a pretty good place in the draft. But me, personally, I think I would rather stream tight end than to draft a Hayden Hurst at that place. Uh, I'm Definitely, if he falls into the later rounds and he's one of the last people off the board, like you said, 
he'd be somebody to surely take a chance off of because you got to start the season with one tight end. Nobody would be crazy enough not to start the season with one tight end on their team. Nobody would be crazy. Didn't I start the season one year with no quarterbacks or something like that on my team until like the last week? I You started with no tight ends as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember all. I think these. I tried. I think one season I tried trading you. I saw you had no tight end, so I was tried to offer you a trade for a tight end, and you had wanted nothing to do with it because you said you were just going to stream tight ends. That's true, but my streaming worked out. Probably that might have been the year where I picked up Jalen Samuels as a running back slash tight end for the end of the season. Uh, that just catapulted me to the championship with the Steelers. How do I not remember all four teams in the NFC? Uh, south earlier today, but I can pull out a Jalen Samuels name right there from my team a couple of years ago. What do you guys like any of these other tight ends? I mean, Rob Gronkowski, Tim. What do you, what is your thoughts on Rob coming out of? Listen, uh, I'm gonna need you guys to sit your tight ends down. Okay, see what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I forget. Listen, Rob Gronkowski. He was a great tight end. Do I think he's gonna do? What he he's his average draft position right now is nine for his position for a tight end. I don't see him as a top ten tight end. I'm sorry, uh, he's been s- sitting out for what a season now, and even in his last season with the Patriots, he wasn't a top target. I don't see how he's going to come in there after sitting out a year and just blow things up. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. I, I would if you can get Rob Gronkowski later. Or if you want to stream him, that'd be great. I wouldn't take him at the nine position, though. Um, so, it, really, if you're wanting a, a good value, I, look at look at Ian Thomas in Carolina. He's taken over Greg Olson's spot. Who else do they have at tight end? Carolina. If you can name another tight end, I can't. I can't name another tight end. So Ian Thomas in Carolina taking over for Greg Olson. Greg Olson, he was the he was one of the top tight ends in the league. Not last year, but he had has been. He got hurt last year. I think with Teddy Bridgewater there, we got a better quarterback. They do have a new coach who's an offensive mind. I think they're going to find some uses for a guy like Ian Thomas at tight end. So you know, if you're looking for value and I'm like I'm in the middle to late rounds for a tight end, Ian Thomas would be a good. There's my David. The only thing I'd refute you on in that Gronk thought is it doesn't take much to put you in the top 10 as a tight end. Gronk did not come out of retirement not to catch touchdown passes from Tommy football. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the guy the guy was having a great time, it seemed like. I was trying to live my life a little bit vicariously through Rob Gronkowski as he went on his retirement tour all throughout the world. But he didn't come out of retirement to not catch touchdowns from from his good buddy Tom Tom Brady and Tom Brady did not go to Tampa not to throw him touchdowns. I it only took Jared Cook nine touchdowns, nine touchdowns on forty three receptions last season, finished with seven hundred and five yards to finish number six among tight ends last year. So it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't feel and I think that Gronk will be able to get nine touchdowns. I. I could see him and Mike Evans taking turns catching touchdowns in that in that system. Gronk looks healthy. He looks healthy. He may look healthy. That doesn't. Uh, he. How many touchdowns did he catch in his last season with the Patriots? Uh, right off the top of my head, I am going to say three, five, five, three, three, three. Right. Wow. Uh, don't second guess. For a full season, he caught three touchdowns. Yeah. 
but that that was a weird I mean, that was a weird he was done then he looks different now hey you might be right i don't i don't want any of these tight ends that's I, that's what i wrote on my notes none of these tight ends am i impressed over am i gaga over i'm i'm just not, i got a lot of other choices that i'd rather have i'd rather have blake jarwin at the end of the draft that's that's the guy I'm eyeing for way back then. If I got to pick a tight end after that, I'm just streaming him the rest of the year. Gronkowski's been going around during his retirement promoting CBD, so I think he's doing all right. <laughs> he's feeling good. I'm sure he is. <laughs> Guys, we didn't talk long about Tom Brady. We're talking about a future Hall of Famer here. We didn't we didn't go a long time about on how Tom Brady's going to do this year. Tim, I know you mentioned him for a brief moment, but. Do we just want to gloss over the season that Tom Brady might have? He's got. I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be a top ten fantasy quarterback numbers. I mean, he's got good weapons around him, but you know, right now fantasy and maybe the NFL is all about the quarterbacks who who run, give you that extra dimension, rushing touchdowns are the best fantasy stat you can go for in a QB, and so it seems like people just don't really want. A quarterback as old as he is, he's not going to run. Not saying he's not going to have a great season. He's still Tom Brady. But it kind of just limits you, and it's just not as an appealing fantasy option when you think about that. This is the this is the division with the least amount of running quarterbacks. Or the... <laughs> it really is, which is why I picked James Winston, by the way. Drew, Drew Brees rushed for negative four yards last year. <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that? I don't know how you do that. Uh, I, the thing I think touchdown Tommy's got going for him, his strength of schedule, he, besides all the weapons he has now, this is going to be such a breath of fresh air. You think about how watered down the offense ended up being in New England. He had Julian Edelman his last, last year there. And he's like, all right, Jules, I know who you are. Who's, who's the new, who's the Kel Harry guy standing next to you? Yeah. He's asking a question. Who's who's the other guy? Who is this guy? Sanu? Sanu? How do you even say that? And then the the running backs just come running in and out of there. He didn't know. That that had to be tough. That had to be really hard. And this year he's going to be throwing to Mike Evans. He's going to be throwing to Chris Godwin. His old buddy Gronk's back out there. He's going to look at O.J. Howard and he's going to think, wow, what has this guy been eating? He's going to miss some of those running backs. But I just think that Tom Brady having the sixth easiest strength of schedule during the regular season. His wide receivers, they have the first easiest schedule among wide receivers. Those guys are going to go crazy this year. I, I could see Tom Brady having a good year. I don't know that he will improve much on where he's being drafted right now. His average draft position is 11th uh, among quarterbacks, 104th overall. So I don't, I don't, See him doing much better than that. But guys, last year, Tom Brady finished 12th at his position and 76th overall. And he's going to have much better weapons. It, it, I'm not going to say he's going to be a David, but I sure don't think he's going to disappoint. And you mentioned O.J. Howard there. That is a guy that was drafted with so much potential. And I know that they've got Gronkowski now, so he's kind of the guy we're all talking about. But I sure hope that he gets a chance to prove himself because I feel like he's just been a victim of circumstance. He's such a talented guy, and whether it's system or injuries, he just hasn't quite had the chance to flourish yet. And maybe we'll see that this year. Maybe Tom will bring that out of him, you know. I've heard a lot of things about O.J. Howard, and being a physical specimen is one of them. 
knowing, knowing how to run the offensive plays is not one of them. So <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us for this edition of Fantasy Impact today. We're going to be on next time. We're going to finish up the NFC South, and we're going to talk about the wide receivers and the running backs. But you can get in touch with us. Fantasy Impact today at yahoo.com. At FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter. You can also leave us a review however you listen to us on the iTunes app or the Podbean app. Let us know what you think. At what Mark would say, give us five stars. He'd say give us ten stars if you can. That'd be like giving us a couple of high fives. I think that's what he referred to him as one time. So go ahead and, and do all those things. And thank you so much for listening. And as always, we want to encourage you to go out and make an impact in your world today.